welcome back to So You Think Your Family's Bad, the podcast where we talk about how Greek myths came to be. This week's episode is a little bit different. Uh, Instead of talking directly about mythology, I'm going to be talking about a third party um, interpretation of it. So it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Stick with me here. I think this topic is absolutely fascinating and I think about it all of the time. So I'm very excited to tell you guys all about it. So without further ado, let's start with the commonly known history and then we'll get into the myth. So we're going to talk about Constantine, the great emperor of the Roman Empire from 280 AD to 337 AD. He has been recognized as the first man to legalize Christianity in the empire and thus spreading it around the world to give us the popular religion that we see today. When Constantine was born, the empire was in a pivotal state, full of war and chaos between other nations and within itself. So the emperor of the time, emperor, I'm going to butcher his name, uh, emperor Diocletian, who was the emperor before Constantine, tried to bring harmony to the land by splitting up the empire into four quadrants that were going to be governed by one ruler each. One of the, one of the uh, quadrants was ruled by Constantine's father, Constantius I, and in 306, Constantius I died, thus leaving Constantine to rule over his portion of the empire as the emperor. Uh, in order to achieve that sought-after sole singular empire or emperor of the empire, Constantine had to defeat the other three rulers in the other three quadrants to be considered that sole emperor. So he decided to set out on that quest. And during the Battle of Milvan Bridge in 312, Constantine took over one of his rivals, Maxentius, his brother-in-law. Now, this is where Christianity starts to come into play. Before the, uh, before the battle, he was a pagan at the time, and he saw a cross in the sky, a flaming cross in the sky, with the Greek words, in his sign, conquer, right before the battle. So he thought this was something of the Christian God. Christianity was very popular among the commoners, but not necessarily among the soldiers or the uh, higher-up authorities in the empire at the time. So he wasn't really exposed to it. His mother was a Christian, um, but he didn't really follow in her religion. So he just kind of thought, maybe that's a sign of the Christian God. I don't really know. But later that night after the battle, he had a dream that solidified this belief that it was actually Jesus Christ. So he claimed that the victory over his brother-in-law was blessed by Christ and that that was the reason that he had won. And he immediately converted to the religion. So in 1313... Constantine created the Edict of Milan with the Eastern Emperor that granted the right to practice any religion one chooses, including Christianity, as they please. Because up until that point, Christians were being persecuted for believing in Jesus Christ. This ultimately led to the popularization of the religion globally as time went on. So it's how we see Christianity today is because Constantine further popularized it in the empire. So now we're going to talk a little bit about the, not necessarily the myth, but the speculation around his ruling that brings us back into Greek mythology. 
During his reign as emperor, Constantine only really seemed to be a Christian publicly and when it was suggested to him. Behind closed doors, there was evidence that he may not have been as fully converted as historians previously claimed. When laws and decrees needed to be put in place, Constantine only really put forth ones that were further that would further the, pro- the progress of Christianity when his advisors, his converted bishops and ministers would tell him to do so. For example, when he wrote legislation against magic and practicing divination, he only did so after his trusted bishops told him that it would be a good idea in order to preserve Christianity. However, when um, he needed to make legislation about uh, furthering the advancement of Christianity, he wouldn't do it unless he was told to do so directly by his bishops. Throughout his reign, he also ordered the destruction of several pagan temples, such as the Temple of Aphrodite in Lebanon. However, this destruction of all these temples did not apply to all pre-Christian pagan temples in ceremonial places. It was kind of like pick and go, and the reason why it was so pick and choosy is because each place that was destroyed needed to be uh, decreed as that it could not exist because it was a site of misguided rites and ceremonies, a place of true obstinacy. So he never outright banned paganism. He only condemned their places of worship that he deemed as misguided because the bishops said that they were harmful to the Christian faith. However, this is where the big turn comes. There is archaeological and historical evidence that while Constantine may have supported the Christian regime, he still worshipped the sun and pagan symbols. He was devoted to the religion of Mithraism. After his official conversion to Christianity, Constantine built his triumphal arch in Rome. This is one of the biggest pieces of evidence that archaeologists have been able to find that he may not have been as fully Christian as he presented to the public. This arch had several depictions that were devoted to not only paganism, but also specifically to the sun. For example, there's depiction of Constantine sacrificing to pagan deities, including the goddess uh, Victory, who is the Roman equivalent of the Greek goddess Nike, uh, Silvanus, who is the Roman equivalent of Phonos, who is the Greek god of the woods and the forest, Phobos, the Roman equivalent of Apollo, the sun god, and Hercules, who was the Roman equivalent of Heracles, which we popularly call Hercules anyway. Um, And there were also pagan priests, not popes, that were shown on the arch itself. There's also evidence that on top of the arch, there used to be a space for Constantine, for a little statue of Constantine on top of the arch, of him pulling a chariot with four horses in front of him with a halo of light around his head. Who drives a chariot and who has light starting their head? Apollo, the sun god. However, that part isn't necessarily fact, so don't quote me on that. That is just speculation that we currently have based on footholds and other sort of uh, depressions and uh, reliefs inside or on top of the arch. However, something that is confirmed to be a pagan symbol that Constantine erected was in 330, he constructed a statue that was about, I want to say... 45 meters tall it's 30 meters right now 
Um, it used to be 15 meters taller, but uh, it showed a statue of himself with a crown of light spurs around his head, almost like a crown of thorns, uh, but with depictions of light instead, um, around his head. And the statue itself, before, like the pillar before it got to the statue himself, was covered in pagan symbols. This is one of those acts where he showed himself as the sun god Apollo. The first one is just speculation. This one is an actual true uh, statue that currently exists today. And following his death in 337, Constantine was immortalized as a pagan god himself. So he kind of went back into the paganism, not necessarily the Christian anymore. So let's talk about what all this means. Instead of converting to Christianity, it is more likely that Constantine used the religion to gain the favor of the commoners who worship Christianity in order to further his advances to become the singular ruler of the Roman Empire. If he was still using all these pagan symbols and on his arch didn't really depict Christianity at all on his arch, his triumphant arch, he must not have been as converted and as fully... Uh, as not as strong believed in the religion as historians claim he was. So this is likely more of a battle strategy in order to gain the popularity of the people so that he could become the emperor. It is also interesting to note that many Christian symbols of Jesus Christ were taken from reliefs and statues that were made by the emperor himself, uh, like the statue of Constantine as Apollo, so therefore, many modern depictions of Jesus with like the halo of light around his head um, was taken from the pagan worship of Apollo, the Greek sun god. And that was our last episode of the season. Uh, if you have listened to every single one of these episodes, thank you so much. I really do appreciate your support. This series is something that I really enjoyed doing, and I hope to continue in the future if my time allows me to do so. I really have enjoyed it a lot. I love being able to share my knowledge of Greek mythology and history and archaeology to further educate people on some stuff that I just find absolutely fascinating. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know what you guys thought of the episode or of the entire series as a whole. But for the last time for now, um, but thank you for tuning in to So You Think Your Family is Bad. <laughs>